Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. As we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love. As we sing holy, holy, holy. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. You are holy. Father, we thank you that you're here this morning. Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts. We would have a revelation of your presence. We know you're here because you inhabit the praises of your people. And you're always with us. God, I pray that you give us a revelation of your presence this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Uh, to come to minister here this morning to each and every one of us uh, as you see fit. And Lord, we declare the declaration, we declare the declaration, we declare our positions in you this morning that we will be worshiping from who we are in you. If any aren't feeling there, even right there right now, it's not about our feelings. It, we are 
who Jesus says we are. We are who God says we are. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would just whisper in, in all ears that need to hear it who you say we are. And we can declare from that place this morning. In Jesus' name. Well, welcome to Maple Street Worship Center, everybody. Hey, everybody's here when they open my eyes. It's good. Good. 
You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, good, oh, you are good. I was just praying and worshiping and just shutting my eyes, just couldn't get it off my mind. Just heavy on my heart this morning. Um, uh, we were singing about the goodness of God. How many believe God is good? Amen. He's a good God. Amen. And because our God is big, because our God is love, and our God is compassionate, and He's merciful, and He's gracious, and we're His kids. He's our Father. I don't know what don't know about you, but when, uh, when I have 
uh, and I've had from Logan, I'm gonna, even going to say you, and I know you're six feet tall, but when, uh, when little brown eyes come up to you and, and uh, you know, they, they, they want their dad's attention and they want something from dad and they, they really look, you know, with their eyes into yours and they, they sweet talk you. It's hard to say no when you're dad because they're your kids. And, um, but I know my God, my father is even a better father than I could ever be. And so when we ask our Lord, he's not going to give us a stone, right? He's not going to give us a snake because uh, that's not who we serve. And this morning, uh, I just really feel led, and I didn't want to change gears. I just felt I had to do this. Uh, Gary and Karen, could, w- would you guys mind coming for? I, I just really want to take a moment in this service to, to pray for you and to believe in the, in the God who we're singing about that is so good and is so powerful. And because, you know, um, when we face trials, when we face health issues, when we face problems in our lives, we need, we, we need faith and we need family, right, to gather around us. We've been there. We know what it's like. And if Gary and Karen, we just, I just want you to come. I, I really feel led to do this this morning. Um, and to be honest with you, there's been times when I disrupted the worship service like this, and God has done some pretty cool stuff. And oh, so, yes. Um, yes, Lord. just ask you to come up, if you, if you wouldn't mind. I want to get some folks just to gather around for those who, who, who <laughs> feel led to come. We want to anoint with oil. Uh, those who've been uh, praying and believing for people to be healed, healing rooms, uh, come on. Let's, let's, let's uh, just gather around these folks, and we're going to just believe that uh, God is, is going to prevail. There's going to be victory here. Amen? Oh, We're amen. believing for victory. In victory name. in Jesus Christ. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. We anoint you, Gary, oh, with oil, a symbol of God's Holy Spirit, His presence. And we just, we just come believing in His power and in His presence. And so we're going to pray. Uh, I know I got the microphone, but there's lots of hands on them right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we've been singing about the goodness of God, right? We've been singing. He's, he's, he's never going to let us down. No, he's, no, never going to let. Never going to let us down. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, as we lay hands and we anoint with oil, and as the word of God declares that we are to call upon the elders of the church, we are to anoint with oil, and the prayer of faith will make those who are sick well. And you will raise them up. You'll raise them up. And so in the name of Jesus... In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we, we just command that this cancer would leave this body, leave the neck, leave any, any area, God. We don't, we don't know, but you, you, you can see, Lord, inside. And we just declare right now in the name of Jesus, we just command by the authority you have given us and the power of the Holy Spirit in whom Jesus worked works in us collectively as well, individually and collectively. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we command the cancer to go, the cancer to go. We pray in the name of Jesus for total health and healing and wellness and strength and grace to come upon him supernaturally right now. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Lord, 
in Jesus' name, that strength and grace and health, we speak right now and we command all of those cells that right now that may, that may be cancerous or unhealthy. We command them in Jesus' name to be healthy, to be healthy, to come into alignment with your word, to come into alignment with the word of God right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. May it be done. May it be done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We just pray right now, Father God, that you will just confirm. You'll confirm. Even before we leave right now, you'll just confirm the, the power, the presence, the warmth, warm presence of God would just flow right from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 100% health. We pray right now for 100%. Victory in Jesus. And that it will be done. That it will be done. In Jesus' name. We're believing for a good report. In Jesus' name. The Lord's report. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just anoint and we lay our hand upon Karen today. Our hands upon her as well, Lord. We know, God, uh, the worries and the cares that goes along with this, Lord. We've been there. We've done it. We've bought the t-shirt. We know how it feels. To, to, be un, to not know. And so, Lord, the only thing we could do is pray and believe and trust. And it drove us to our knees. It drove us to our prayer closet to believe for miracles. And, Lord, you do. You are still in the miracle-working business. And so for Gary and Karen, in the name of Jesus, we, we declare miracles. We declare signs and wonders to be at work in their lives. We pray for physical healing. We pray for inner healing. We pray, Lord, for healing of emotions. We, we, just, we just ask, Jesus, that you will just shake off all fear, cast it all off, all anxiety, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will rest upon their minds and guard their hearts in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we just pray right now as well for her dad. We, we, we know, God, he is not well at all. And so, Lord, we, we just ask, God, that you or your power would be at work in his life right where he is at right now. In Jesus' name, there is no distance, no distance too far for your hand to reach, your hand of deliverance and your hand of healing. And so in Jesus' name, we come. And Holy Spirit, we pray that right now that you will be at work in his life. You will raise him up and give him the strength. And may he be a testimony of your grace and your power and your love. Hallelujah. 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 And with all the hands that are gathered around, we know, oh God, that there's others that may be in need as well. And we just pray right now that, God, that you will do miracles and signs and wonders among us. Oh God, that we would hear testimonies and great reports. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Can we just praise him for what he's going to do, what he's already done? We thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, in the assembly today. We praise you and we worship you. We testify of your mercy and your grace. We know, Lord, that you are at work right now. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I just, oh, I just feel something. I don't know what it is. I just feel something happening. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Bach Shachra Mahasat. 
of the heart, Lord God. Oh, that joy and laughter. Joy and laughter. Hallelujah. Oh, Hallelujah. oh that joy and laughter would just flow, Lord Jesus, from the heart of from their heart, knowing God are strengthening them. You are strengthening them, God. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. That we just declare the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. plans are good your plans are good you, you just like you told Jeremiah and I, we know God the context we're not but we, we're gonna we're gonna we understand Lord that you you are at work and and that we, we can we can claim that and say you know if, if you can have good plans and a, and a, and a good hope and a future for for Jeremiah and and your people then you it, it applies to us today so we stand upon that promise. We stand upon the promise of God's word today. That there will be no weapon formed against us will prosper. That we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That there is that we are victorious. And not just later on down the road. We're victorious now because we are in Christ and in the name of Jesus. Oh, your miracles, your miracles, Lord, your signs and wonders. I, I just want to see it happen right now, God, in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, what you're, what you're doing, Lord. Thank you, Lord, what you're going to do, what you're doing now. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, that you allowed your son to go on the cross, O oh God. And Father, your word says that uh, cursed is the man that hangs on a tree, Lord. And Jesus, we thank you that you hung on the tree for us, that you would break every curse. So in the name of God, we stand united. And we remind you of your word, Father, that you are a God of blessing, and you have taken the curses upon yourself, O oh God. And the enemy cannot prevail any longer. We declare the truth of the freedom of God through the sacrifice of His Son on the cross right now. And we break the curse. 
We command the curses to depart and to leave these persons in the name of Jesus right now. And we speak forth the blessing. Father, your name is a name of healing, a name of provision, and a name of restoration, O God. And we speak that forth in Jesus' name, Lord, that you be glorified and lifted up, O God. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Father. Amen. Heals all of our, you heal them all. Amen. You heal all sickness and diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You think the Lord is done here? No, I don't think Good, good. Jesus. I was um, thinking about the service this morning. This is exactly what I asked for. God, I want. I said, God, I want to start with You are good, and that's that's our starting point today. And I want to. I want to go into joy. So, any despair, any heaviness in this room, yes. go. Oh, you we are, are so starting good. with, you with are where so we are good, in Christ. Where our starting point is that He is good. You are so good, Lord. And we you go from so there. Good. And we take, we're, we're on the offensive this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's our starting point today oh, that God is good. So thank you, Pastor Stephen, for following that because that's exactly what I asked for. Let's just start right here. I'm going to try to sing a song. Just keep playing that. I don't know what key you're in. A. Good. That works for me. Don't worry about following me. I'll just sing it. I'll try to sing it because I don't have a voice. If any man be in Christ, then he has become a new creation. Amen. All things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new in him. God no longer knows the things that brought you to this place before you came here. He only sees you holy now, faultless and blameless as you're standing here. Praise Him, lift your hands and praise Him, praise Him, praise the name of Jesus, again.
Praise the name of Jesus. Praise Him. Through the blood of Jesus, His righteousness has become a robe upon you. Clothing and covering his garment of praise will now adorn you. kind of feel something special happening here this morning praise you Jesus Lord we thank you for freedom we thank you for freedom that we can just come together like this in a very informal way and spontaneous and just your, through your leading and, and, and God we just we just, can, we just pray right now that the, that the presence and, that we'll just continue right now Lord to, to walk into that oh God just may we just continue to worship you and lift up your name Hallelujah. 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 You're free to go wherever you go. That's where we're going.
He's brought us back to life. 
your hope up, lift your head up, let your faith arise. Get your hopes up, our God is for us, he's brought us back to life. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Let's do that bridge one more time. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Declare it over yourself. Declare it over others. Before me, Christ be. I am firmly held in His mercy, never ending. I'll remind myself, Christ before me. your head up, let your faith arise, get your hopes up, our God is for us, he's brought us back to life, oh thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord, oh yes Lord, we praise you, we thank you and praise you Lord, we lift up your name in this place. We honor you. We honor you. We bless your name. We bless your name. You are so worthy. You are so amazingly wonderful among us. Yes, Lord. Jesus in me. Jesus in you. Together, we are worshiping and praising the God of heaven. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We're going to do a new song. It's pretty easy to get along. Karen already sang half of it. So that's pretty cool. Joy, begin to rise and hope. Begin to light the dark. Our God exchanges old for new dawn. Has conquered night and death. Has lost to life and now. We are exchanging old for new. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, Neonama Lord of Ateda what was torn you mend again you redesign the tattered thread by thread 
You take the broken and destroyed, and you rebuild. You make hope. Joy begin to rise in hope. Begin to light the dark. Our God exchanges old for new dawn. Has conquered night and death. Has lost a life and now we are exchanging old for new. Oh God, oh God, our amazing God. You turn our flame into a fire. In you we walk in the impossible. We take your love into the world. We let our light shine. We let it burn. Oh, joy, begin to rise in hope. Begin to light the dark. Our God exchanges old for new. Has conquered night and death, has lost a life, and now we are exchanging old for new. There's nothing that your love won't do, there's not a mountain faith can't move. There's power in the blood, there's power of the cross. There's nothing that your love won't do, there's not a mountain faith can't move. There's power in the blood, the power of the cross. There's nothing that your love won't do. It's not a mountain faith can move. There's power in the blood, the power of the cross. There's nothing that your love won't do. There's not a mountain faith can move. There's power in the blood. The power of the cross, joy, begin to rise in hope, begin to light the darkness, our God exchanges old for new dawn, has conquered night and death, has lost a life and now, we are exchanging old for new joy. Begin to rise and hope, begin to light the darkness. Our God exchanges old for new dawn. Has conquered night and death, oh, has lost his life. And now we are exchanging old for new. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, He is faithful. He is 
today hallelujah thank you for your presence thank you for your presence i have seen a light coming break of dawn giving blind men sight letting lame men walk i see a generation with resurrection life and we are a generation filled with the power of Christ. And our song, it will be. Oh, yes, Lord, to you. Yes, Lord. Out of the darkness, we will rise and sing. Thank you, Jesus. He is faithful. He is glorious. Lord, yes, is Jesus, and all my hope is in him. He is freedom, he is healing right now. He is hope and joy and love and peace and life. He is faithful, he is glory. Is Jesus now? My hope is in Him. He is freedom. You are freedom among us, He is hope and joy and love and peace and life. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is You among us. That is you among us today. Ethan, if you want to come up and help us, go ahead. He 
has paid the highest price. He has proven his great love for us. He has praised him with our lives. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And proclaim our love for him. Yes, God. He has paid the highest price. Oh, you have, Lord. Harabatosha. Oh, he has you have proven your great love for us. For us oh, you have proven it, Lord. Yes, we Lord. We will praise him with our lives. And proclaim our love for him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And proclaim our love for him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He is faithful. He is glorious. And he is Jesus. And all my hope is in him. He is freedom. And he is healing right now. He Hope and joy and love and peace and life. He is faithful. You're faithful, Lord. Hallelujah. Glorious and glorious, Lord. Is Jesus. And all my hope is in Him. He is freedom. He is healing right now. He is hope and joy and love and peace and life. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. Jesus, you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, you are. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? can stop the Lord Almighty, and who can stop the Lord Almighty, and who can stop the Lord Almighty, there is no one who can stop the Lord Almighty, who can stop the Lord Almighty. Stop the Lord Almighty, and who can stop the Lord? Our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power, and he's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb. The Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Hallelujah. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. And every knee will bow before Him. Holy, 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 holy,
Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes, Lord. So we bow early. Yes, Lord. We declare you early, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, the Alamo Kodavalido, Tirivadisha. Hallelujah. Praise God. Great, great job, guys. Yeah, amazing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I felt like you went to church this morning. I heard a couple amens there. Yeah. Felt like we got to church this morning. That's great. Praise God. On, I'm going to on the high level this morning. That's all right. Because that way I get more steps to make, right? I can get go across and I can come down and all that wonderful stuff. If you get your Bible this morning, we're going to uh, turn into, again, into uh, 1 Corinthians 9, and just stick a marker in Romans, and I think we're going to get it on the screen in a little bit, but before we do, just a few announcements this morning. I just want to welcome everyone out. I know that some of our already been welcomed, but welcome this morning. And, and uh, if uh, if this morning was a little different than maybe what you're used to, well, we're just being spontaneous and just wanting to follow where the Holy Spirit leads. And uh, sometimes uh, where He leads us, it's it's just a little, it just shakes things up a little bit. But is was that okay this morning? I just felt like the Lord was doing something really special. I really did. I really felt like God was doing something. I don't know. I felt like the Lord was knitting people together. No, really, I felt like as we were praying together, like I felt like God was um, God was doing some mending of the nets, and I felt like God was just doing something special. And I, and I felt like this is this is family. That was there was a word that came to me. During that time, it was just like this is this is this is uh, something like unity. The word unity was coming. The word the word family was coming, and I just felt like God was doing something special, and I felt it. And uh, you can ask my wife. I'm not. I'm more of the cerebral person. I tend to think more and try to figure stuff out. So I'm I'm more of the left brain logic of of the of the duo. Christians more of the feeler. And uh, so for those that know what I'm talking about, those terms, feelers, she's more of the feeler, but I really felt something special this morning. I don't know if anybody else did. I see some hands going, I felt something special. I felt like this is, we're really worshiping God. We're really exalting Jesus today. And, and I just felt the presence of God. So, and, and it was awesome. I just, can I just say that? It's okay to say that? I'm just testifying a little bit. 
I, I felt like we were, we were going somewhere. It was awesome. Um, so just welcome this morning for those maybe who haven't been here for a long time or maybe it's your first time. Just trust that you, you sense that uh, you know, this is a place where we're exalting the Lord and, and we just love to worship Him. And uh, we're just open to what God says in the moment. And, uh, and it's important to do what he says for us to do. And, and I just felt we couldn't pass by that moment without uh, going in that direction. Just felt the Lord was leading in that direction. So um, I don't really make any apology about that. Um, but if it's, uh, if, if it's your first time here, welcome. And uh, I believe we do have a welcome card of my, that might be available to you just so we can know you're here and get your name and and uh, just to be able to, to connect with you. Um, if you have your, your bulletin, your, I guess it's, it's a bulletin, but it's sort of like a newsletter. I like it because it's, it's really, um, it's different. I like different. And uh, I didn't get Penny to do it this way. She, she did it this way. And I, I like the, the, the change. I like a little bit of change, a little bit of spice in life. So just a few things um, on the back especially. Um, course after the service this morning we're all invited to stay for those who had birthdays in November so who had a birthday in November I see one hand I see uh, anyone else that had a birthday in November because we're going to celebrate your birthday if it's only Diane well then we're celebrating Diane's birthday this morning so there's cake who likes cake who likes coffee and all that good stuff so stay stick around for that time of fellowship also as well next week if you think cake is good we're having a potluck dinner next sunday following the service and uh this is a church that knows how to put on a potluck and ed and cheryl's going to be our hosts and there'll be sign-up sheets and also you'll note as well family sunday gift bag christmas pageant date to be announced on that as well and I believe also some more details to come concerning our Christmas Eve gathering on the 24th. And I don't think I missed too much. I know we have a number of prayer requests that are in the bulletin. Please be in prayer about all of those matters, all those very important um, important matters. And uh, we're going to uh, change gears just a little bit as we uh, we go to, th- uh, to our offering and, and our tithes as we, as we worship the Lord in that way. And uh, thank you, Frank, for coming this morning as we, as we uh, partner together. How many understand that uh, we are God's hands and feet? We're the body of Christ here. And uh, he has called us and he's commissioned us to do his, his work here among the generation that we are serving and uh, among, among our community. And uh, we, we want to be faithful to partner with him uh, and as we pray to see Jesus get his reward so if we could pray that together we could declare that together this morning praise God so let's say this together that as we receive today's offering leaving you for
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning as we receive and we give. More blessed to give than to receive. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 this morning. And I know we're uh, close to the, the Advent season. But I just want to uh, conclude this morning on, on this topic on, uh, that I kind of titled it as a question. Why evangelism? And um, last week, who, who was here last Sunday? A number of people here last Sunday. And I think I was here last Sunday too. It's, it's really bad, you know, you, you hear people say, I know there's a sidebar here, but you, you, people will talk about they don't remember what the pastor preached last week. You, you know what the pastor preached last week because it's part two, right? So I, even now I know what I preached last week. Because there will be times when I'm thinking, what did I preach last week or two weeks ago? I can't even remember. So if you forget, it's okay. Because I, I oftentimes even forget what I, what I had shared. One, two, and three. <laughs> Don't confuse me yet. Okay, so last week, part one, and I said there was nine things that we we're going to look at. That's, I, I, put, I know this is five. I can't put this. So, so nine things total. Last week, we looked at five things. So if, you're ta- if you are taking notes at all, which I know some people do, I'm, this is not required. Nobody will check your homework. But if you happen to be jotting something down, just to, let you re- just to refresh our memory, five things, in, and I would say that we, they were probably five positive reasons why that we should be concerned with evangelism. And uh, just going to run down these fairly quickly. One, one of the things was, was that God loves the world. And you'll remember what I had mentioned about Karl Barth, who said... That, uh, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Brilliant theologian, and, and, and that was his answer uh, in relation to, to the gospel. The uniqueness of Christ. We, we looked at the idea that Jesus himself declared, John 14, 6, that he is, the, he is the way, not one way. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And so that's very narrow so, which leads into point three was that Jesus is the only way. It was said in the book of Acts, it was declared that there's no other name under heaven which men might be saved. So, Jesus is the only way. The other part we looked at was obedience to his command. Uh, if you remember in Matthew chapter 28 and also in Mark 16, where it talks about, where Jesus, he says that all, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, just just a, a, a little reminder that the Great Commission is not a great suggestion. It's actually an imperative in the Greek language. It's a command. And so to his followers, and if we count ourselves as disciples, if we count ourselves as those who are striving, I shouldn't say striving, that's not a good word to be striving, but if we desire to want to really follow Jesus, be his disciples, his apprentices, his, his, uh, 
as, as in, the, in the Hebrew, the Talmudim, we should desire to want to be obedient to what his command is. And of course, the fifth thing we looked at was loving our neighbors. And we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. So this morning, four things. And I know that some of you, I, I just want to, if, if you can just bear with me just for a few moments this morning. I know the coffee and the cake will be there. So we're going to look at four things this morning. And as I said last week, these would have been more of the positive side. Now, I'm, uh, so that means we, that perhaps this morning these may sound a little more, uh, well, sh- should I use the word negative? They're not really negative as it is, it's just truth. It's truth that sometimes Christians will tend, tend to shy away from. It's not popular anymore, especially when it comes to, you know, popular messages and so on and so forth. But uh, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 16. He said, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So, Lord, with your help this morning, we pray uh, that you will take these truths from your word today. Not my truth, but your truth. And, uh, Lord, we just come as a messenger. We just come as someone who just breaks some of these things down to be reminded and maybe even learn something. But more importantly, Lord, that you'll give us the strength and the courage, the boldness, the power of your Holy Spirit to be able to enact the things that we hear. We don't want to just be just people who hear something and say, hey, Pastor, that was a really great message this morning. Here's a 9.5 on the scorecard. No, Lord, this is all about change and transformation. It's all about us becoming who you want us to be. And so, Lord, take this word. May it be something that becomes part of our lives, part of what we do. May we do your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a disclaimer on this, um, or on any message that I share. I, I never, I never, ever, I appreciate anyone coming up and saying, hey, Pastor, it was a good message. But... Uh, one of the interesting things was when we were back in Windsor, there was a, it was a deacon in the church, and uh, he would come up to me, and he would kind of smile and say, I'll do that. I'll do that. And uh, it was an interesting response because I think he understood the, the fact that uh, you never really dig into this stuff just to say, for somebody to say, hey, that was a great job. Um, because I'm going to be honest to say that chances are you, you could be home right now listening to someone preaching to five or 10,000 people that could do a much better job than me. But I think there's something uh, that's really cool about being together live in community. And so uh, this, is, this is about us together. We're in the boat together. It's all about learning together, growing together, and doing together. And so I always approach this uh, as, a, as a measure of saying, uh, let's, let's, let's be who God wants us to be, do what God has called us to do, and let's do it together. And so this morning, four things, four things, four, four, uh, four alarming truths, if I could say that, uh, that we need to bear in mind. The first, the first thing, the first thing or the sixth thing, according to how you're jotting them down, is that people are lost without Christ. Some of you might say, well, that's pretty elementary, Pastor. But, folks, that is so absolutely true. People are lost without Jesus. We were singing a song this morning about how he has brought us back to life. 
And if we could go further, the Bible teaches that not only are we lost, but we are spiritually dead without Jesus. Spiritually dead. Now, before anybody ever gets upset about me or, or, or with me about this, this is a, a, a very profound Bible truth that we must realize that Jesus talks a lot about being separated, eternal separation from God, more than anyone else in the New Testament. It's not a popular topic. I remember growing up in church where you would hear about salvation, you'd get baptized. You get the baptism in the Spirit, you hear about the second coming all in one evening service. And when I say baptized, if you were too close to the preacher, you just might get baptized. If it wasn't by sweat or if it wasn't by spit, right? Passionate preaching. And sometimes very scary preaching. I remember nights when I would come home and I would be wondering if this was the night the Lord was going to come. And I can remember Pastor Stewart, Huntley Stewart. He was, um, he was tall, slim, silver-haired, always wore a jacket that matched his hair, always looked sharp in the pulpit, and he would always preach the, the doctrine of hell with tears in his eyes. And it's not a popular topic today, talking about eternal separation, talking about hell, because we live in a nation right now where we hear, well, really, it's all, you know, all these different roads lead to God. We're all going in the same direction. So it doesn't matter what, what religious path you, you choose. It doesn't matter if it's an organized path. It doesn't matter if it's your own customized uh, Christianity or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's, spirituality today is like going to the salad bar and just picking up what you want or getting whatever you want from the potluck. I'll take some sausage and I don't want any of that lettuce. Uh, you know, I'll take some, uh, you know, some chili and, and beans, but I don't want any of that, uh, you know, those beets and things like that. Because, you know, as men, we like meat, right? Men like meat and we don't want to eat that. But that's the way it is. People will have this customized spirituality where it's, it's like going to the salad bar and just picking up whatever you want. Well, I like a little meditation. I like a little bit of this. I like a little bit of that. I don't want to hear none of this harsh or, or this, the, no, no. This is, this, and this is the, the type of, of, of context in which we find ourselves today. Even among Christians, there are people that would rather say, I, don't, I just want to experience God. I don't want any of that doctrinal stuff. And it's wonderful to experience God. I don't know about you, but I want to experience God. But there are also truths that the Word, and if we take this book seriously, and we, if we keep in mind that just the same Spirit that you can have experience with in the moment is the same Spirit who breathed and guided over 40 authors over the course of 1,500 years to put together what we have between our leather covers. And if we're people of the book, if we're people who truly want to be guided by the witness of the Scriptures, we cannot ignore that the Bible is very clear that there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a broad road and there is a narrow road. And Jesus talked about that. People are lost. We know people are lost because Jesus preached to the, 
to the crowds that day when the Pharisees came to him and said, you know, if you knew who you were with, you know, you're hanging out with all the tax collectors and the sinners. And we know, and we covered this one time before, that in Luke chapter 15, Jesus hauls out a triple-barrel shotgun. And the triple-barrel was three parables, one about the lost coin, one about the lost sheep, and one about the lost son. And the illustration was, was, was this, is that every single piece, whether it be the coin or whether it be the sheep or whether it be the son, that they were valuable. The coin was very valuable to the woman who represented a, a significant portion of all that she had. And so she went through the house and she turned the place upside down. And she probably took the vacuum cleaner with the crevice tool and went into the corners and turned over the cushions of the coach. Even maybe even turned over the chairs. That's what my mom did when we would spring and fall clean. We turned over the chairs and I even vacuumed shoes. But the point was is that the coin represented value. It was valuable to that woman. And the sheep was valuable to the, to the shepherd. Why? Because it represented a part of his livelihood. This is what he did for a living. You lost sheep, you're a pretty bad shepherd, right? And then you come to the lost son. And we know the story of the lost son. We know that the father likely went out most every day and looked out on the, on, on the steps, on the porch, whatever, looking to see if his son was coming home. Jesus talked about the fact that he came to seek and to save. To seek and to save that which was lost. First of the lost house of Israel. And then, of course, we know that the mission expanded to the Gentile nations. Paul points out to the Ephesians, who were very religious, that before they were converted, he says that they were ignorant of God and they were without hope. And yet we who are believers in Jesus, we've been singing about how because we know him, because we are in him, that we have love and joy and peace. We have hope. We were singing about that this morning. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, he says, remember that at the time, in other words, this is talking to the Ephesians, before they knew God, that they were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise. They were without hope and without God in the world. And it sounds very bleak, but Paul is using separated, excluded, foreigners, without. Why? To make the contrast of where they were, because when you are without Jesus, you're lost. When the Thessalonians accepted Jesus, Paul talks about how they turned from idols to the true and living God, and how they were rescued from coming wrath. That's a word we don't like to use that often either. And yet Paul told the Colossians in Colossians 1.13 that God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the Son. Hudson Taylor once said this of his life. He said, I would have I would have never, excuse me, I would have never have gone to China had I not believed that the Chinese were lost in need of Christ. If anybody's read about Hudson Taylor. It was no easy mission, no easy life to live to go in the interior of China 
and live as a missionary among the Chinese people. I believe he lost his wife, faced a lot of hardships, but he would have never gone unless he truly believed that they were lost. And the Bible is very clear that the condition of every person before they come to Christ is lostness. Jesus warned his hearers that those who don't receive him in his word would be excluded from his fellowship, that repentance and faith were the only alternative to perishing. You see, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the door. Eternal life, folks, is knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ who he has sent. Unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, Jesus told Nicodemus. The apostles taught that the lost are without life, for they are dead in their trespasses and sins. According to Ephesians 2, verse 1, they are without illumination, without liberty, without knowledge of God, without inheritance, without forgiveness, without excuse. And if that is true, not because I said it, but true because it has been written down, in the Holy Scripture, if that is true, then the question is, how can we fail to share the most hopeful, the most healing reality that we ourselves have ever encountered? I don't know about you this morning, but when I was singing the songs this morning, I was excited about it. Because every song that we shared this morning communicated to not only me, but it communicated to you just what we've got. Who we are. The promises that are yes and amen to us now, but not just now, but what we've got coming in the future. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Look at the lyrics of the song. This is talking about the second coming of Christ. This is talking about our eschatological hope. This is the kingdom of God in its fullness is going to come. But folks, we can live in the kingdom of God now and experience His blessing and His love and His grace and the hope that He brings to our hearts and the peace of God and the joy that He brings. But those right now who are outside of the fold, who don't know Christ, don't have those things. And as I said last week, that's a lot better deal than a $27.50 refrigerator. that my mother-in-law still has working in her home. I don't know how she's worked that one out. Ours clunked out. Hers is still going. The second thing this morning is that the wages of sin are death, eternal death. The New Testament is, has a clear and a consistent warning. And here's the reason why the, the, it's a clear and consistent warning. You see, Paul believed that in his day, it was very possible that Jesus would come back. I remember listening to one of my professors, and he said, everything in the New Testament is, 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 is pointing to the end. The end is always in mind. The end was always informing what Paul would teach. The end was in, always informing his corrections that he would bring to the churches. He was always thinking about the end in mind. And the Bible is very clear and consistent that there is a day of judgment that is coming. And those whose sins are not forgiven, the Bible uses a word, and sometimes we don't like it, but the word is talking about wrath. Wrath of God. Paul writes that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
I don't know about you, but I remember when I was a kid, and maybe I shared this before, but when I was a kid, I came home from a Sunday night service, and I believe there was a, a, a family called, the, their last name was the Wallaces. And he was an artist, and he had this big easel, and he would tell stories, you know, share scriptural stories, and he would draw with his very colorful pastel colors. And I got to take home, maybe I shared this before, maybe I didn't, but, I, but for those who haven't heard this before, it's, it, this, is gonna, this is good. I got to take home and put on my wall right above my bed in the dark, partial darkness because there was the, the light coming in from the moon and there was a hallway. So if you had the light on the hallway, you get some light coming in. But I, here it was. So you had the, the long T of the cross, you know, the, the big beam. And you had the short beam going across. The New Jerusalem in the background. And there'd be some shadowy figures, just a few, going toward the New Jerusalem. And then on the, on the short part of the cross, you, you had a number of shadowy figures. And, and there were all the flames shooting up. And people were falling into hell. And so at, I don't know, what was I, nine or ten years old, I had, I had a picture of heaven and hell right, hanging right above my bed. Now, I just want you to know that that, has, that that traumatizes you when you're 9 or 10 years old. You know, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep, right? Uh, I don't want to be in that crowd. Okay, there's a lot of them. Jesus said many. Few there be that find it. Right? And here they were falling off. And so I had heaven and hell right above my bed to remind me. This is the destination of two different types of people. Those who were walking with Jesus toward that new Jerusalem and those who are not. Now, I just want to let you know that it kept me praying most nights. It kept the slate clean. If I told a fib, if I disobeyed my parents, whatever, the, whatever, I, whatever mess up I made, I, I tried to make sure that it was clean because I was reminded every single night. I have no idea where it went now. Now, some people might say, well, Pastor, see, this is kind of rough stuff, but folks, when we turn into Romans, and if we could do that for a moment, if we could just turn into Romans, we're not going to do a full exposition of Romans. But if you look into Romans chapter 1 and 3, if you get your Bible, if you could do that, I'm just going to hit a few things really quickly on this. Romans 1 to 3. Chapters 1 to 3. So Paul's writing to the Roman church. And if you go down into verse 16, from not, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Can you say everyone who believes? Everyone who believes. And he says, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so Paul begins 
from there, he, it launches in him into explaining, basically, basically, by the time he gets to chapter 3, and into chapter 3 a little ways, that it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or you're a Greek. Okay, so if you're a national Jew, or whether you are a Gentile, that's where the degree coming in. Most of us are Gentiles. And praise God that he made a way for the Gentiles. But if you notice, and you go down, the next verse, it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress the truth through unrighteousness, for what may be known about God is clear to them since God has shown it to them. The invisible things about him, his eternal power and deity, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world and are understood by the things that are made so that they are without excuse. And as I think I mentioned last week, there are astrophysicists, there are astronomers who are gazing out into the deepness of space and they have the technology and they have all the mathematical equations and, they, and there are many of them, many of them who are turning to the place where they, they, they believe that there has to be a God. It's too vast. It's too complicated. It's too, it's too, there's too much design. There's too much design that it could have all happened by random chance. And so Paul is laying out this idea that because of creation, and I remember when I was 12 years old and I looked out my bedroom window and I thought to myself, how did the trees get there if God didn't put them there? How did the moon get there? How did the stars get there if God didn't put them there? So in my heart, I knew there had to be a God when I was about 12 years old. That's why I bent, uh, bent my knee and I, and I gave my life to Jesus that night in my bedroom. But Paul is saying that because of the creation there's no excuse. There's a, there's a general revelation of the knowledge of the existence of God. But then he moves on and he talks about how, but because they all, although they knew God, they did not glorify him. And so you'll notice if you keep reading down that God says, guess what? You have free will. I made you with free will. If, if we had to love God, we'd be robots, wouldn't we? We all have born with free will. Free choice. And because of that, because of rejection, God said, okay, if you don't want to know me, you want no relationship with me, what happens? How many know the sinful nature? The sinful nature leads us to uncleanliness and lust of the heart. And we're filled with unrighteousness and sexual immorality and wickedness and maliciousness and full of envy and murder and deceit and so on and so forth, as you'll notice as you get down into verse 28, down to verse 32. And so Paul goes on in verse, in verse 1 of, of chapter 2, and he says, Therefore you are without excuse, O man, whoever you are who judges, for when you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge do the same things. And he says, we know, we know that the judgment of God is according to truth 
against those who commit such things. Now, you and I would all agree that the things that Paul would list near the end of chapter 1, all of the sinful acts of the sinful nature that he's referring to, we would, we would agree that that's not right. That's, that's wrong. That's wrong stuff. And probably we should all agree that if you were a good parent, you wouldn't want your children to do those things. So you set up boundaries and you, you let them know that if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you do that, this is what's going to happen. And so Paul's laying out this idea here that God, is, is, his judgment is just because of, what, of the wrongs, the sins that they've done. And if you track a little further, and I'm not going to, again, this is not a full exposition, but if you track a little further... You'll notice that Paul makes an argument because, you see, there are those who are Jewish people who say, hey, we've got Abraham as our father, we follow the law, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we've got the corner on God, and, and he's saying, no, wait a minute. If, if, you, if, you, if you think you've got the corner on God, just remember that those who are under the law will be judged by the law. So you need to keep the law because you've got the law. But even those who are without the law are without excuse because of general revelation. So in the final analysis, Paul is coming to the place in verse 1 of chapter 3. He says, what advantage then does the Jew have? Or what profit is there in circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because the, because the oracles of God were entrusted to them. And so he continues on. And he basically comes to this conclusion that it doesn't matter if you're Jew or whether you're Gentile. No one is righteous. No, not one. We've all sinned. We've all gone astray. So therefore, we're all in the same boat. All going in the same direction. And so he lays out this this idea of God's judgment and God's wrath against sin and that his judgment is just because he's a just God. No one would ever agree or no one would ever think that a a, a judge was a good judge if he let off a person in court with first-degree murder. Would you agree with that? That if someone stood before the judge and they were guilty... And all the evidence was very, very clear that they had committed first-degree murder. That if that judge said, it's okay, you just had a bad day. Just let them go. And you were in the court, would you be upset about that? And you say, no, 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 this isn't justice, this is a bad judge. Get him off the stand. This is a murderer. They committed, therefore they need to be punished according to their crime. What can I say in a nutshell? That's really what Paul is saying. He's saying every one of us has has done wrong. Every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has fallen short of God's glory. We've fallen short of the mark. Therefore, we're all guilty. We're all subject to God's righteous judgment. But the wonderful thing is that Paul doesn't stop there, praise God. Because as you go on into chapter 3, he says in verse 21, but now... Apart from the law, the righteousness of God is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets, this righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So all, or to all, and upon all who believe. For there is no distinction. In other words, between the Jew and the Gentile. Look what it says, he goes further, he says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a propitiation for faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness because 
in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins previously committed to prove his righteousness at this present time so that he might be just and be the justifier of him who has faith in Jesus. So is it true that there's a wrath that there is a wages of sin is eternal death? Absolutely. But the wonderful news is that there is a righteousness in Jesus Christ to all who believe. See, instead of being guilty in the courtroom of God, all of a sudden Jesus stands up and says, guess what? Um, I'm here as, as this person's defense. I'm, your, I'm their advocate. Do you know that the Bible talks about we have an advocate with the Father? Oh, come on. This is good stuff, guys. We have an advocate with the Father. And see, we, we've got a list of sins, and we talked about that one time. And the list of sins, just, it's not just murder. Because, folks, if you've got hate in your heart against some, a brother, it's, it's murder. Right? How many know that Gossip is a sin we tolerate in the church, but gossip is one of the things that Paul had listed in the first chapter. It's, it's sinful, it's wrong. Envy, jealousy, all those things are all... And, but we've all been there, we've all done it. We've all bought the t-shirt, so to speak. And so we've all stand there guilty. And, and guess what? The Father who, you know, God who is the righteous judge, he can say, yes, you are guilty, we're guilty. But the wonderful thing is the advocate stands up in our defense. And the reason why the advocate stands up in our defense is because he can hold up our account and it's paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. Because, why? Because we have repented of our sin, because we have asked of his forgiveness, and the power of his blood, the power of the cross, sets us free. Because Jesus took our place. He was nailed... He took on the curse to break the curse over us. He was beaten and scourged because of our sins. His his flesh was torn because of what we had done. His blood was shed, not our blood. His blood was shed. And his righteous blood, his holy blood, the power that's in the blood sets us free. Sets us free to enjoy reconciliation with God, to enjoy our freedom to enjoy the fact that we can have peace. Look forward to not only the promises now, but the promises that our future and the, and the hope that we find in his kingdom. So we don't have to fear the wrath of God. But what we do need to do is we need to recognize that it's there. We need to recognize that there are people Jesus said this in John 5. He said that a time, the time is coming when all who are in their graces will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. The parable of the wheat and the tares, for example, is about final judgment. The wheat are gathered into the barn, and the tares are thrown down. Jesus says, into the fiery furnace will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth, Matthew 13. And so with that truth in mind, How important it is as a church, as a community of, of believers, that we not hold this to ourselves, that we, that we recognize there, is the, there are lost sheep out there. There are lost sons and daughters out there. And right now, because of 
the choices that they make, they are under God's wrath. But we know that there is a righteousness just waiting for them. But they don't have to go in that direction. But folks, they need someone. They need, they need prayer. They need people to intercede. We need people to ask God, soften their hearts, plow up the fallow ground. And we need people that can go with boldness and, and courage of the Holy Spirit to speak truth in love to them, just as Jesus did to those who are in need, those who are lost. third thing is our future hope. I said I had four. I'm going to cut her into three. Our future hope. We've sang about it this morning. Jesus is the life. He's the resurrection. He has defeated the evil one. And he's demonstrated the kingdom. The kingdom will prevail. We, we, we've, we've sang about that this morning, how his kingdom is going to prevail about all of all the kingdoms of the world. And I don't know about you, I'm not into dispensational charts, I'm not into setting dates. I remember that there was a booklet by a guy by the name of Wiseman in 1988, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Would Return in 1988. You remember that book? 88 Reasons Why Jesus Returned in 1988. And I think he wrote a, sub, a subsequent book. I think it was 89 Reasons Why Jesus Returned in 1989. And then I remember getting right into John, Jack Van Impey. And I think I bought every VH t- tape that Jack Van Impey had. I even took notes when Jimmy Swaggart was, was teaching on Daniel and Revelation. I had my King James Schofield Reference Bible all marked up. Lots of underlining and things in the margins. And I remember when we were about 15 years old, myself and my cousin and a friend of ours were out basically weeping on the front lawn of our parent, my parents' home in East Green Harbor, suburbs of Lockport. Probably about the time when the Gulf War was on. Because, it was, because the chemistry class, grade 11, had turned into Prophecy 101. Because it was students that wanted to know what's going on in the world. They were shaken. They were really upset. And they knew that these young guys who went to church and went to youth group on a Friday night, in our group of about five, five guys, knew something about this stuff. And I remember when Jack Van Impey was talking about, well, you know, the rapture could happen in 1996. And I was thinking, man, i got to get married. So the next year... That is true, by the way. It was the next year. <laughs> but I want you to know this, is that J- disciples were concerned. Jesus, hey, you, you, you're going to set your kingdom back up now? You, like, are, are, we, are we ready to go? Are we ready to, to like, demolish the Romans? And Jesus said, basically, paraphrasing, you know, don't worry about the times and the dates. My father is set. Like, don't worry about that. It'll, he'll work all the details. It's okay. You put away your dispensational charts. But here's what you need to remember. You'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other parts of the world. That's what you need to be concerned about. Don't worry about the times and the dates. 
Don't worry about the big circles and the age of grace and the timelines and the date setters. What you need to remember is I've said, I'm going to baptize you in the Spirit. And when you're baptized in the Spirit, you're going to receive power, dunamis, explosive power. You're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. And because of the filling of the Spirit of God, you are going to live and you are going to speak and you are going to do things in a testimony of me and my resurrection. Because it was people who believed that Jesus was a false Messiah. Jesus really wasn't who he said he was. Because there was lots of pretenders before. But all of a sudden now... You've got a problem, Rome. You've got a problem, Sanhedrin. You've got a problem on your hands because you have this small band of disciples that's growing. And growing in one day to 3,000 people. And guess what? They are telling other people about Jesus and the cross and the resurrection and they are seeing people healed. And they are seeing people with leprosy and the skin clearing up. God is a better dermatologist than Dr. So-and-so in Edmonton, just let you know. You want to look young, right? Hey, Holy Spirit, take away the wrinkles. (laughs) People being healed. Cripples walking again. All signs that Jesus really was the Messiah, really is who he said he was. Just like Jesus had never died. Jesus had never ascended into heaven. And the community, the community is growing. And the community keeps their eyes fixed heavenward, anticipating his return. But also while their feet is on the ground, they're continuing to do what Jesus told them to do. Amen? And I don't know about you this morning, as we call the worship team to come back. And if you want to play that song... I think it was the, the line of the tribe of Judah with who can stop the Lord Almighty, yeah. If you go to Revelation 21, I get excited about this stuff too. Revelation 21. We have a future hope. Listen, I love it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Look, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away every, all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. Neither shall there be any more sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. For the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. Right for these words are faithful and true. That sounds like a great check to cash in. How about you? 
That sounds like a great check to cash in, that we have a hope. Folks, we're still living. Yes, we experience the kingdom. Yes, we're in the kingdom. But folks, there are still people right now that are experiencing the pain and the sorrow and the death and the curse of sin in their life. But I don't know about you this morning, but that excites me to know that when I come to Jesus and I'm in his kingdom now, that I can be forgiven, I can be set free, I can experience peace with God, I can experience reconciliation, I can know who I am, that I am not who I was before, I am someone becoming new each and every day from glory to glory, and that one of these days when he comes and every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Jesus Christ the Lord, he's going to come back and he's going to establish his kingdom. It's going to be an earthly, it's going to be political, it's going to, he's going to rule, the, we're going to rule and reign with him. And that's the hope, that's the future that we have. And I don't know about you, but I truly believe it is a hope that the world is longing for, but they don't even know that it's there. And we put our hope in, in, our, in our province, in our government. We put our hope into, to, the, to the liberals or the conservatives or the NDP or whatever party is trying to get into power because they think that they can change the world. If they can just get in, they can fix it. They can't fix it, folks. Only Jesus can fix the mess that we're in. Only he can bring the hope that the world needs to have. And I don't know about you this morning, but because we know him, because we have received his resurrection power in our life, we're no longer dead to sin, but we're alive in Christ. That we are experiencing his kingdom now. We're experiencing the joy and the peace. We're experiencing healing. We're experiencing the spiritual, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're experiencing them now. And folks, can I just challenge us this morning as we stand together, that how can we be silent about it? How can we be silent about this wonderful, wonderful life in Christ that we have? This abundant life. Jesus didn't come to put shackles and chains on us. No, he came to give us life. And to the full, abundant life. And I want to challenge myself, I want to challenge all of us this morning. Now let us not be silent any longer. I know some of us are praying for others, and that's awesome. I know there's some of us who are inviting others, and that is awesome. But can I just challenge all of us this morning to be the prophetic community I believe God is calling this church to be. To be the prophetic church. Anybody see that show AD? Empire and Kingdom or Kingdom and Empire? You ever get, you ever get, the, you ever get a feeling that if that's the way things were right now, we'd be in trouble? Rome is out to get you. The high priest wants you eradicated. They want to wipe you off the face of the earth. Can I just suggest this morning that we are moving? I really believe that. I believe we're moving more and more and more that way. We're not at the center of town anymore, folks. We've been pushed to the margins. Our voice, there's no, there are issues in our society where the debate is, is over. There's no debate. But if we truly want to be the prophetic community that we see in the book of Acts... Our witness cannot just be in the safe places. 
It can't just be in around our kitchen tables and the coffee shops and hush-hush. No. As things brew stronger, our witness needs to be more public. It needs to be more powerful. I might even add the word, it may even provoke some people to anger. But I believe that this church has a prophetic calling on it. To be all who God has created us to be and, and to do what he's called us to do. And as we stand this morning and we just sing this song in declaration that, there, that, that, that we cannot... Can we put the words on the screen so I can get the words? What is it? Yeah, he's coming on the clouds. It says he's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And I don't know about you, but I want to bow down now. I want to see people bow down now before he comes. There was an an older Inuit man who said to Bishop Salkirk, he said, you have been many moons in this land. Did you know this good news then? Since you were a boy? And your father knew? And why didn't you come sooner? There was a Peruvian in the snowy Andes and exclaimed, how is it that during all these years of my life I have never heard that Jesus Christ spoke those precious words? An Egyptian woman, hearing the gospel for the very first time, said, it is a wonderful story. Do the women in your country believe it? The person said, yes. There was a pause, and the response was, I don't think they can believe it, or they would have not been so long in coming to tell us. Mr. Nye asked Hudson Taylor, how long have you known, or have you had the glad tidings in England? And he vaguely replied, several hundred years. What? Several hundred years? Is it possible you have known about Jesus so long and only now have come to tell us? And can I suggest this morning that there are people that are spiritually searching. They're searching now. Today is the day of salvation. Amen? Today is the day of salvation. So can I challenge us, challenge myself this morning? I know two parts, eight or nine truths. But folks, we've sang this morning that he is coming on the clouds. The Bible tells us he is coming again. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. Every chain will break. And no one's going to be able to stop the Lord Jesus when he comes back, riding on that milky white stallion called Faithful and True. So, Father, this morning we come and we just ask, Lord, that you'll give us the courage and the strength, the boldness, the power, the the infilling of the Holy Spirit again to be who you've called us to be, to be the witnesses you've called us to be, to do the work you've called us to do, to demonstrate the reality of the kingdom, that the kingdom is here. Signs, wonders, gospel, Lord, that you, this, that you, would, you would give us, you would, you've already given us the green light, but Lord God, that you would give us the courage to walk in this manner.
Hallelujah. How many believe this morning that, that the Great Commission applies to this church? How many would agree with that? How many would agree that if you're a disciple of Jesus, that that's, that's a calling that God has upon your life? Could we agree, be in agreement to that this morning? So if we're in agreement, can we stand together as a sign of solidarity? And we just come to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Because you're coming again, Lord. You're coming again. And because you're coming again, because you're coming again, Lord, you have a calling upon this church, upon this people, in this community and beyond to see people ready before Jesus comes back. To see people ready before Jesus comes back. Because when he comes back, he won't come back as the Savior. He won't come back as the the Lamb of God. He will come back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He will come back for his church, but he will come back to judge the world. And so may we be found faithful when he comes. Amen. He's coming on the clouds. Can we sing that together? He's coming on the clouds. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every day will break. His broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power, and He's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. For the sins of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before So open up the gates, make way before the King of Kings. Our God who comes to save, yes, He comes to save. Our God who comes to save, He's here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power, and He's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Stop. 
who can stop? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Sing it over the battle. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? There is no one. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? And who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion. He's roaring with power and he's fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Every knee will bow. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Lord. We praise you this morning. We praise yes, you this morning. Lord. Yes, Lord. We praise you. And just before oh, we, we close this morning, who can stop the Lord we were just singing about how his blood breaks the chains, and that he died for the sins of the world. And maybe there's someone here this morning, and uh, you have not reached out to Jesus before. You have not reached out to him, and, you've, and I have asked him to forgive you of your sins. You haven't reached out to him in faith, believing that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world. You have not reached out in him in faith, asking for forgiveness, and asking for new life that he brings. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you're here, I want you to know that God loves you so much. For God so loved the world, he sent his only Son. That's what Christmas is all about was the sending of Jesus into the world to teach us about who God is, what he is like, all about his kingdom and how to be part of his kingdom. And he told Nicodemus that he needed to be born again. It's one thing to be born of water. It's another thing to be born of the spirit. We need to be a spiritual rebirth. A spiritual rebirth. Because the Bible talks us about being dead and our trespasses and our sins. But because we believe in Jesus, he brings new life. And maybe you're here today. I want you to know that there's no life any better than knowing that you have peace with God. Knowing that if you should pass from this life into eternity... That Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's no greater, no greater thing to do, no greater decision you can make 
into saying yes to Jesus. And if you're here this morning, and I'm thankful that last week we had someone that lifted their hand to say yes to Jesus. And maybe there's someone else here this morning before we close the service that would just want to say yes. I want to I say yes. I'm going to lift my hand because I want to say yes to Jesus. Is there anybody here this morning? You haven't said yes to Jesus before. You want to say yes to Jesus today. Yes, Lord, I acknowledge that you are who you said you are. You are the Savior. I acknowledge my need of you, forgiveness of sins. I need your righteousness. I can't make it on my own. I, 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 need, I need you to pull me out of my debt of sin and to place the righteousness of God in my life because I can't earn it. The Bible says you can't earn it. You can't work for it or you could boast and brag about it. Look at the good I've done. Look at who I am. None of us can boast or brag about it. He, he just credits it to our account as though we did it. Is there anybody here today? Lift your hand. Say, I want to say yes to Jesus. Is there anybody here that says, uh, I want to say yes to following Jesus and obeying his command to go into all the world and make disciples? Can we see some hands in, in, this, in the house this morning? I'm saying yes to what God has asked of me to do. So, Lord, this morning we close this service. We thank you, God, for the wonderful worship. We thank you for the wonderful time of prayer to pray for Gary and Karen. Wonderful to hear her voice singing, amen? That's beautiful. Just, just the, 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 what you were doing in the spirit here, Lord, today was just, just invaluable. And Lord, we thank you for every soul that's here this morning. They're not here by accident. They're here because you have appointed them to be here. And so now, Lord, we pray that you'll bless each and every life and every heart, every home that's represented And we pray, God, that as we congregate, as we move over into the fellowship area to have cake and coffee, we just ask, Jesus, that you will just bless Diane, who lifted her hand, acknowledging that she had a November birthday. And we just ask, Lord, you'll just continue to bless her and strengthen her, Lord, as we celebrate. And we ask it all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you for coming this morning. Coffee and cake. And just before we go, well, we got the musicians here. Where's Diane? Where does she go? Okay, <laughs> Diane, you got to come out, cause just for a second, because we're going to serenade you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.